today we're going to be talking about getting your PR ready for Christmas. Yes, for Christmas. And why are we talking about getting your PR ready for Christmas in July? It's because many of the deadlines for some of the top publications and media outlets have their deadline for July. So, although I'm telling you in the last day of July, I wanted to make sure that you have a chance for getting it out there. Of course, it's not a strict deadline. It's not like, you know, you're going to pitch something in November and they're going to be like, get away from me until July next year. No. So, I want you to think about your Christmas campaign right now. <laughs> so, for the next 30 minutes, we're going to be carrying on looking at what your Christmas campaign is going to be. We're going to be looking at inspirational PR coups that have worked for larger brands and you can get some inspiration from. You can look at some forecast statistics and facts on what's happening with online shopping this year in 2020. Hey, I'm Finn Witchley. I'm Facebook, Instagram and Pinterest's number one trainer in Scotland and expert speaker at the BBC on the digital economy, marketing and business sectors. I'm also the CEO of a successful digital agency that provides training, consultancy and management services to businesses around the globe. But it wasn't that long ago I was a homeless single mother of five children, struggling on benefits to put food on the table. Setting up a business wasn't a choice. It was the only thing I could do to make money and at the same time give my kids the support they needed. Fast forward past many mistakes, disappointments and setbacks and you can see the business I have today. One that transforms businesses and gives me more freedom than I ever thought possible and one that only existed in my wildest dreams. I have created the Get Real Online podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step -step strategies to help you do the same. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur or one in the making who's looking to build your online sales machine, find your true voice and build a business with impact that you love, you're in the right place. Let's get started. All right, all right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Real Online show. And it's Friday, the last day of July in 2020. We're going to look at some social media campaign ideas you can schedule out right now. But while we're in the flow of talking about Christmas, it's always a good opportunity to seize the thistle and actually get moving and be inspired by today's broadcast so that you can actually execute. Because as we know, when it comes to any kind of marketing, the ideas can be sometimes the tricky part, but the execution can often be the mofo of them all. <laughs> so I'm not giving you any kind of stuff which is based on, oh yeah, I read it in a newspaper, on, or I read an article on how to do PR, so I'm reading it for you. No, this is all happening because... I used to work in journalism, I used to have my own radio show where people were pitching to me all the time, and masters in journalism, so you're talking to an expert right here. You might think you're talking to a social media expert, but my in my previous life, I was a journalist, so I know what's what when it comes to actually making sure your content and your pitch is going to be absolutely banging and totally taken up by the news outlet. So the secret, as Socrates would say, the secret of change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old, but on building 
than you. Yep, that's Socrates. I mean, he's one of the most profound thinkers that has been known in the last couple of thousand years. So he he's talking about the idea that, you know, we can focus on all the difficulties and all the bad stuff and all the, all the challenges that we've experienced. But actually, where we should be putting all our energy is on building new and moving forward. And we we can assess and analyze everything when we're good and ready and when we've actually started winning as well. Okay, so now let's get into why you need to be actually pitching your Christmas information right now to the journalists. Because as we enter retail's golden quarter, yes, that's what it's called, where the last quarter of the year is where the ramping up of online sales and traditional sales in the high streets would normally take place. The pressure remains on brands and retailers to maximize this period as the effects of the pandemic continue to be felt. Each month of lockdown has seen significant growth in page views and order count, as well as the amount of people who are online, the amount of people who are purchasing online, the amount of people who are engaging online. So we're actually experiencing an unprecedented boost in not just sales, but also literacy. So all those people who traditionally would not have been interested in doing anything online because, you know, you might be hacked or somebody might steal your details or you might get all kinds of dodgy stuff coming through the door. No. The people who normally look at online sales as a bit of a risky business have now been forced to realize that actually it's as safe as normal high street purchases. So it's uh, it's a great time for online because there's a whole lot more people who have become confident about purchasing online. The stats that have just been recently released in the last week suggest that with 61% expecting higher engagement or purchasing through social media channels, over half of brands and retailers are investing more in e-commerce website upgrades this season. And I can testify to that. You know, here at Supersize Media Headquarters, at the beginning of the lockdown, we had a couple of cancellations from organizations and businesses and entrepreneurs who were scared about whether they were going to continue being in business. But what happened was that within about a week, we had a complete rash of people coming in saying, okay, now's the time to upgrade our website because if we're not online, we're not in business. So we've realized that our website is not properly e-commerce formatted and we need to make sure that you know we're making it much, much easier for people to actually purchase from our online store. So we got a lot of that, plus a lot of people asking for training because now's the time, well, during the lockdown was the time when they could actually put some time into getting the training and the skills that they needed in order to drive that traffic to their website. All right, and so here's another stat. July, along with August and September, has one of the highest rates of UGC interaction. What's UGC interaction, you may ask, Finn Wichele? The answer is user-generated content. For example, if you get people who have purchased some of your uh, products or services to actually demonstrate, take a photo, take a selfie and post that back to you and then get a 10% voucher, discount, blah, blah, blah. So all that kind of interactive content where you get people to actually help you to actually come up with content. So it could be even a challenge. You're asking people 
Okay, what would you like to see more of from me? You know, what kind of information or stats would you like me to give you? What kind of training can I give you about my sector and things like that? So that's user-generated content. And so people are highly, most highly interactive in July, August and September. So this is another reason why you need to be thinking about putting out good content online, which is going to get some good interaction. And the reason why you want interaction is because you know it. If you've already heard a couple of podcasts from me, the reason why you want interaction and engagement on social media is because if you're not getting it, you're not doing social media. And if you're not getting engagement, you're basically not getting the reach. So if you're in the business of just posting content for the sake of posting content because it's Monday and you're supposed to post on a Monday and then you've done your tick box exercise and you haven't bothered to check what their reach was or what the engagement was, well, guess what? It's not social media. If nobody's engaging with it, it's not social media. And all the algorithms will also say that's not social media because the algorithms will say you are actually spamming people. So we're going to limit the damage that you're creating in the newsfeed. That doesn't matter whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter or anything. If you're putting in stuff that is just about you as opposed to what the end user is looking for, then you're not doing social media. So July is a great time for highlighting that shoppers are engaging with customer reviews, photos and questions and answers as they research gifts and services online. This is according to Digital Intelligence for Business. And business ideas are the easy bit. Execution is where the art is. So when it comes to creating any kind of marketing campaign, you know, one challenge is coming up with the ideas. But the second challenge is actually being able to execute. So as most business owners know, you know, you're trying to juggle so many plates between the HR, the finance, the, the sales, and never mind all the kind of marketing requirements that you need for social media. Uh, but you need to develop a system. And that's what we help you do here at Supersize Media. So it's not what you learn or what you know, it's what you do with what you know and learn that matters. Get busy and come up with some great ideas and then come up with a great system that's actually going to help you deliver on those ideas. Right now, so this section we're going to talk about all the fun ideas that people have come up with. People, I keep saying people, it's businesses, but it's also people. You know, in traditional marketing, we we talk about business to business, B2B. If you're a business-to-business organization, say for an example, an accountant, that means you're selling your services to other businesses. And then the other kind of criteria for businesses are B2C, that's business-to-consumer. So that's a business that's selling to the general public. So somebody is selling uh, birthday cards or somebody that's selling beauty or somebody that's selling multi-cars. That's all a business-to-consumer. Whereas in online marketing, sometimes we call it P2P. That's person-to-person marketing because at the end of the day, everybody's a person. And if you can connect very well with what who that person is and you've got your buyer persona nailed down, then you'll do extremely well online. All right, let's talk about Greg's, one of my favorite companies. It's been growing massively over the last 10 years. I even went to Antwerp recently and came out of the train station and saw a Greg's right in front of me. And Greg's is like one of those very cheap and cheerful type of takeaway shops 
that does sausage rolls and steak pies, steak bakes and cheese and onion pasties and and sandwiches. It's a kind of lunchtime shop type of thing. So it's very cheap and cheerful, but it's always got some great marketing going on. So what they did at Christmas was they did the gift of Greg's. In the run up to Christmas, they delivered an in-store gift wrap service with a bespoke range of Greg's branded stocking fillers as well. So maybe you want to think about how you could package up a variety of your different products or even services in time for New Year or for Christmas and serve them up as a special Christmas package and stick it in a metaphorical filling if it's an online package as well. Or how about looking at QuickFit? QuickFit is an international exhausts and car mechanics type of um, outlet where they're fixing up cars basically. And so they did a Christmas surprise at QuickFit where they set up 10 children in collaboration with their parents obviously and got them to come in and chum their parents because okay you can't go to the cinema we need to get the car checked out and then we can go to the cinema afterwards so of course the kids were bored sitting there in the waiting room but then they realized that Santa was sitting in the waiting room with them because he was actually getting his sleigh checked out and so they could see the sleigh outside and they could see him with his big beard and his big belly sitting there having his cup of tea, waiting for his sleigh to be repaired. And they were like, oh my God, is it Santa? And then Santa would come over and wish them a happy Christmas and he knew their names. And they were like, how did he know that my name? And the, and then the parents was like, because it's Santa. And then Santa would actually go into his sleigh and go and pick up the present that they've always wanted. That's exactly what I wanted for Christmas. How did you know that? And the parents would be like, because it's Santa, of course. So that was just a magical moment that was beautifully PR'd and circulated and went viral on online as well. So, And of course, it doesn't take much. You know, you could easily organize that type of thing for a small business. Get a mate or a couple of mates to sort it all out. Uh, get get something organized with local charities, maybe, or even just local, uh, your friends and family's kids and get it all online and get a mate to actually video it for you. It doesn't cost a bean. All it takes is resources, time, creativity and energy and the ability to execute, of course. So let's go to Iceland. You know, Iceland is one of our kind of freezer food cheap and cheerful type of uh, shopping outlets where you can find all across the UK. And they decided to do shopping on ice. So to bring some fun to the Christmas food shop, they had the world's first supermarket aisles, which were transformed into ice. And everybody worked throughout the night to refit the entire store with 250 square meters of synthetic ice. I mean, I've seen the video. It it looks like a a bunch of very surprised shoppers are being told to put on their skates in order to skate around the aisles. Uh, But actually, it looks more like actors, to be frank. And I don't think in terms of health and safety and risk assessment that you would actually be able to allow those customers to be putting on their skates and getting some kind of fall happening so it was just a very nice cute way to showcase the fact that you could go skating on ice when you go shopping in Iceland that was a beautiful little concept as well that obviously went viral and you know in order to replicate it in your own local business environment maybe putting down those um, ice floors might be a bit of a challenge but 
you know, this is a moment for you to think creatively, to think really, really exotically, you know. What you can do is you can get a whole bunch of your people around you, even if you're an entrepreneur, get all your uh, friends and family and well-wishers and even some of your end users to listen to the podcast together and then come up with a couple of ideas about what you could be doing this Christmas because all you need is some good ideas and then you can actually get it all together and execute, okay? So I want you to be full of uh, excitement and enthusiasm for all the possibilities. And here's a tip to the wise. When it comes to brainstorming creative ideas, maybe some of you are not very comfortable with that concept. You prefer to work on uh, principles that are known and unchallenged and moving into that creative zone of possibilities and opportunities that are, is a scary place for you. What I want you to think about is when you set up that creative zone, it almost has to be set up in an almost ritualistic type of way whereby there is no such thing as, an, as a negative or, a, or a, a rubbish point of view because the editing has to happen at a different point, a different time. So after the event, on the next day or, the, or or even a week after, you can have a look at all the ideas that were generated during that free-flowing brainstorming session. And then with the cold light of day, you can have a look at that and say, okay, yes, 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 that is brilliant, but that is bonkers, but that kind of works as well. You know what I mean? So I want you to get into that creative zone and really let rip with all the crazy possibilities that happen. I even know a company, a very successful space engineering company that has uh, Hash Friday. Instead of Pizza Friday, they have Hash Friday where they make sure that everybody from like one o'clock or two o'clock in the afternoon, Friday afternoons, they pass the talk around. They actually get everybody stoned up and then ask them about what's happening with the business, what could be doing, what, what areas they need to be fixing and then let that creativity rock. And so it's only on the Monday morning that you can actually go back to it and say, do you know what, that was that was bonkers, but that was kind of genius as well, you know? It was so out of the box, never even thought about it. So I'm not saying as business you need to actually start, you know, lighten up the spliffs or anything like that, but I just want you to understand that when it comes to moving into that creative zone, it is a it is it might be a brand new place for some people, but it's a wonderful place for coming up with ideas and no there are no bad ideas when you're in that zone. You can when you go into the editing zone a couple of days or a couple of weeks later, chuck out the lukewarm or the half cocked type of ideas, but you don't eliminate anything during the creative process. Okay. All right, so another idea you might want to think about or replicate is one that was created by EasyJet. EasyJet, as you know, is a low-cost airline, and they did a Christmas lights fantasia where they invited a whole bunch of passengers and crew to come to their London Luton Airport and were treated to a spectacular festive surprise as they witnessed the world's first Christmas light show to feature a 120-foot aircraft. So it was a, just a, a great experience in that hangar where they hired some great lighting designers to do a kind of Christmas special and they had uh, Christmas presents tumbling out of the, the doorways of the jet that was being lit up and then of course you had Santa Claus waving out the window of the driver's seat or the pilot's seat rather. <laughs> 
So it's a just a great idea for thinking about how you could use even lights and Christmas lights to light things up in a, a very unusual way. I mean, do you sell tractors, for example? Can you light them all up in a in a crazy, exhausted type of fashion? I mean, the, the journalists are all looking for interesting, quirky, and newsworthy and visually appealing type of uh, content that they can feature for their audiences that sparks the imagination and makes everybody go, oh. So when it comes to the 12 days of Christmas as well, when you're doing your social media marketing, you can be thinking about all kinds of ways to get people to engage, right? So even if it's not about getting people, getting the journalists to pick up your pitch, at least be thinking about a Christmas pitch that you can execute right now and schedule out. And I mentioned that at the beginning of the podcast, but the tools I would recommend that you start using and get used to for Facebook and Instagram uh, is called Facebook Creator Studio. So this is where you can schedule in advance any kind of Instagram posts that you want. At the moment, it's only Instagram posts and Facebook posts, but in the next couple of weeks or months, there will be Instagram and Facebook stories that you can schedule in advance as well. So all you have to do is go to Facebook and in the search bar, put in Creator Studio. And then when you arrive in Creator Studio, you set up your different Facebook pages and Instagram pages and then start scheduling out for the next three, six or 12 months. So you could create your Christmas campaign this afternoon, this morning, or tomorrow. All right, so one of the things you can do to get people to engage is to come up with the half of the song lyrics. Get into the Christmas spirit by creating a graphic around a Christmas song and tying it back to a message that relates to your brand. You can take this a step further and post a video. If you feel it's relevant for your brand, your business, a video of you and or your employees singing your favorite holiday song. One of the other things you can do is deliver some kind of industry tip. Give a tip or trick relevant to your industry in a Christmassy type of way. For example, if you're a yoga studio owner, for example, create a graphic or video on how you keep fit during the holidays. Another way you can actually make sure you get the engagement is to go live. And nowadays you can go live on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter. There's no limit to the possibilities for going live. And going live is always going to guarantee you a lot more of the engagement and therefore the reach than anything. And remember, when it comes to any of the social media platforms, as soon as you're starting to use some of their tools, other tools that they have, like live, like carousel posts and things, then you're automatically going to get a big algorithm boost, which means that they're going to show your content to way more people than if you were just posting up an image or a straight video even. So going live means you can uh, talk about what you like to do during the holidays, what kind of office party you're planning with the team, what are your traditions within the business for the holiday or even with your family if you don't have an office. Or even if you're working from your, from your bedroom, you know, because so many people are actually working from their bedroom or their living room and their kitchen. What are you doing in order to make sure you have an office party at your kitchen table, for example? 
This is also a time to be an expert and talk about your service or product and promote. This is a season of giving. Share any charities that you're planning on giving to as a company for the holidays. Are you involved in any charities? Do you provide services for them and you want to give them a, a special shout out for the season of good cheer? And then remember it's Christmas. Not everybody celebrates Christmas. So consider graphics or videos that talk about happy holidays or happy Hanukkah. I mean, there's plenty of people you'll find on Christmas Day that are out at the cinema or having fun days because they don't actually celebrate Christmas. So don't exclude all the, all the pagans and the Muslims and the Jewish folk and all of the Tantra folk and all these good people as well. Then you can provide a gift guide. What's on your list this year? This would be a great video. You could tie in products and services to what you offer. For example, if you're a dog groomer or a walker, talk about the latest products that make your job easier, like a new leash or a toy. Then you can talk about the holiday contest. Try a photo contest with your fans or customers. Set up a booth or a backdrop in the store where the customers or clients can take pictures. And if you don't have a physical location, ask followers to take photos and tag your business. You can even create a little hashtag like Christmas Funnin' uh, that relates to your, your business name. And then holidays with your business name, hashtag. And enter the participants in a random draw for a discount or a prize. Then another idea is you can share your goals. Create a graphic or a video about your wins for this year or what you are thankful for and what you're focusing on in 2021. As if that year would ever come. <laughs> Post your holiday hours. Sounds very simple, but it's very powerful. Create a graphic listing your holiday hours to let people know when you're available this season and make sure it's also up there on your website because that's going to be crucial and go in there and update your google business so that when people are searching for your business online it comes up with the exact hours this was a particular bugbear for a lot of people during lockdown because if they checked out if a particular store was open during lockdown they googled them and then of course their google profile said that they were open as usual and they hadn't got around to changing their Google My Business description. So make sure you go in there and change your Google My Business uh, information so that people have got your latest Christmas details for opening and closing. Another idea you can have is uh, thank your community. Post a video thanking your followers and your fans for all they've done for you in the past year. Then you can do testimonials for the holidays. If you've had your business long enough to have many reviews, find one from the holidays or near the holidays and put it out there with a good Santa spin on it. And then, of course, there's a discount promo. Create a 12-second Christmas video on discounts you are currently offering a week before Christmas. It doesn't have to be 12 seconds, but when it comes to Facebook videos, and that Facebook has been religious about making sure that we understand and we're putting all the information out to you, uh, as a UK trainer for Facebook, you, the 15 second videos are the ones that are most powerful. They work far more effectively than any other type of video. So make sure it's under 15 seconds. And having that kind of limitation is great news for most small businesses. All right, so when it comes to actually pitching your idea to the journalist, now you come up with a fantastic concept, you've got something which is quirky and unusual, you're going to start pitching it. 
What makes a good pitch to a media outlet? Good pitches include basic narrative elements, a good story, a specific focus, a central question, which has got stakes and an adversity, maybe a conflict, an essential character, ideally something that happens in the story. Think about why is this story particularly important and why now and why you because those are the questions that all journalists are going to be thinking when they're reading your email or your press release. And think, how can I best pursue this story in the time that I have? For example, if you're a bike shop, you might want to pitch an idea of 10 best products, 10 best cycling-related Christmas presents for cycling fanatic in your family. And so that would include information about bells, mudguards, gadgets, panniers, electronic bikes, classy bikes, fold-away bikes, fitness apps. And make sure you pitch that out there to the journalist as a concept piece. And as soon as the journalist says, yes, I'm interested, get all that information together from the various outlets, not necessarily just from you. And then obviously you feature your one or two of your products in the mix to make sure that you've got the best opportunity for being there. Because let's face it, all the journalists, when they go back to work, uh, or even if they're they're at work right now, working from their bedrooms, they're absolutely toiling. 50% of them are potentially going to be out of a job. So if you can actually create an article for them or create a story piece for them, they are going to clasp you under their bosom with hoops of steel because they don't have the time to do that kind of research. And if you're offering to actually pull all the information together and you've got the right name of all your competitors and the prices of the various other elements in the package, you've got all that information together and you've pulled together all the images relevant to that article, then they are definitely going to take that particular piece. So always think about a creative way for putting that information together. Some editors will expect brevity. They want you to be mercilessly short. So when you're putting your information together, you need to be able to pitch it in basically two sentences. I wouldn't even think about anything more than two sentences. If you can't say clearly what it is in two sentences, then nobody's going to be interested. So therefore, you've got your title and this goes whether it's an email or a press release, you've got your title of your piece, which is a suggested title, which could be based on what would suit that particular audience for that media outlet. And then you've got your pitch and you've got two sentences to do it. And if a reporter uh, can't get it within two sentences, then likelihood is they're not going to read into the details of what your pitch is. Because if it's too confusing, they're like, I can't be honest reading the rest of this. So get the title right and get the first two sentences right for encapsulating what your entire pitch is all about. So think about how to make it quirky, how to make it newsworthy. And if you want to make it newsworthy, you want to think about how does it relate to this particular audience? How does it relate to this particular buyer persona of this audience? Is it recent? Is it local? Is it a story that's already been featured in other publications, but this particular publication hasn't done one which is relevant to this community yet? 
So think carefully about that. If it's a story that's been covered already in other publications, then you have a very strong chance of getting it seen by this publication. Is it surprising? If you're talking about, oh, it's hard to be homeless, that's not particularly surprising. That's not particularly interesting. Maybe you want to do a kind of day in the life of a homeless person of your local city because that's going to be a lot more educational. People are going to be ringing their heartstrings and it's going to definitely have a lot more impact for the readers as well. So make sure you research the publication in depth because uh, if you don't give them a sense within the first two sentences of your pitch that you know who you're talking to, first of all, and you know what kind of publication that they have, second of all, then you ain't got a, a hope in hell. I mean, the first criteria for me throwing away any pitch that was coming into the news desk was they have not bothered to find out who to address this pitch to. So if you can't find out the right journalist, and even if you don't get the right journalist, at least you've tried to get the right journalist. If you, so if you think it's a pitch for the business editor, the business editor, John Dawkins, for example, he picks it up and says, well, actually, it's, more, it's going, to more, going to be more relevant for a feature piece at the weekend. He'll hand it over to the feature editor. But at least you have pitched it to John, who is in the business sector. And you've given some kind of icebreaker at the beginning of your pitch as well to say, okay, I know what you like. I know what kind of stuff that works for your, your people and I think your audience. And therefore, I think this one's going to fit really, really well for this particular outlet. So the idea that you want to create a press release and then click send, 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 send to a whole bunch of emails that you've got around journalists and outlets it's just not going to work. As I said to my kids when they're looking for jobs, you cannot create a CV and then just click send, 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 send to all the online outlets. It's just not going to happen. If you can create that press release or maybe create that CV and then you've got that cover letter that really, really speaks to the needs of that editor or that journalist, then you instantly got an opportunity for getting your stuff seen and then I was, as I was talking about with the, the bike example, you can pitch an article which is about the five top things that people will need to see in Christmas around your particular service, for example. And you can offer exclusives. And then when it comes to actually putting your press release together, you can put it as a press release, but don't put it as an attachment. You know, the media often have all kinds of filters to prevent spam and it often stops them opening up random attachments to emails. Therefore, they'll just come back to you or they'll not even bother coming back to you and say, I can't open your attachment. If you're doing a press release, make sure it goes into the body of the email so they can read it at a glance because they're facing 250, let's say, per day and yours will be binned if you can't get some of the elements right, including making sure the press release is part of the body of the email. And you don't have to be too precious about the press release format either. You can just make it an email if you want to, but it's good to make sure that all the kind of title headings are there so it's easy for somebody to scan through the information quickly, see that all the information is there, decide within about five seconds whether they're going to use it and then start reading into it in more detail. So make sure it, whatever format you're using, you're spacing out that information 
really clearly so that people can scan it and then read it later. Then you need the good images when it comes to putting out something for the newspapers or the magazines. The images are a deal breaker. If you don't have any images, you ain't got a hope in hell, basically, pretty much. I mean, obviously you've got a chance, but it's a really good idea to have some high standard image that will go with the pitch that you're putting together. And, you know, it doesn't cost a lot to get photographers to do this kind of thing especially at the moment and the worst case scenario is if even if the pitch doesn't work you know you still got a whole bunch of really good quality images that you can be using in your social media for eternity you know these are evergreen pieces of content that will be used this year and next year and the years after if you've structured your photography brief well enough. Uh, Always make sure you've got your contact details because if you don't have your contact details Nobody can find you. And yet it's so surprisingly common that people forget about that. And then once you've actually sent that information in, in the right format, in the right way to the right person, then please follow up with a phone call or an email because it might have just gone to the back of the list or they might have forgotten about it and they thought it was a good idea and they can't find it. All kinds of things can happen in a busy newsroom. So if you phone them up, like a couple of hours or even a day later to check that they received the information or you email them up and say, do you have any questions? Then they'll be delighted to give you some kind of feedback. But always, always pitch after you sent their email or before. You can think about it as a a kind of two-stage process. You can pitch first. And when you're looking at the names of the journalist and the media outlet, You can see exactly which place that they like to be pitched on. So they'll give their telephone number or they'll give you email or LinkedIn or Twitter. And rarely it'll be any of the other ones. So if they prefer to be pitched on those media, then then you pitch on those media. Don't try and be too clever by pitching them uh, somewhere else. But think about it as a two-stage process. You can pitch them in one way and then follow up in a different way in order to make sure that they know that you are not going away and you're determined to build a relationship with this particular journalist because even if they don't take this particular pitch they are going to feel like okay you're a small business owner you don't have the budget to actually pay for a PR company uh, so they're going to give you a special consideration if they, they can't squeeze it in this time they'll definitely make a bigger effort next time so you're nurturing that relationship and even if you're working with the PR companies they will tell you the same thing and we will tell you the same thing. You can't always guarantee you're going to get it first time, but the second, third, or fourth time, you're definitely are standing in a much stronger position because of the fact that you've already started developing that relationship. All right, so make sure the information is quirky and newsworthy. That means relevant to that particular audience and timely. You've got the stats that are, you know, just been released and you are an expert in this particular field then always have some kind of icebreaker. I I feel that, you know, you don't just launch into the into the pitch that you want. Think about one sentence that you can say that is just like an icebreaker, like you would in a networking environment or that you would when you're speaking to somebody you don't know across the Christmas table. You know, think about the icebreaker that would actually just make them feel a little bit more engaged with who you are and what you're about. 
And that could just be about asking them questions about how their day is or anything like that. You know, it doesn't have to be crazy, but it's just a thoughtful, thoughtful thing that you can be doing. That they can easily ignore, but they, they get that sentiment, you know. They, they get the fact that you have just wanted to reach out. The other important thing you want to think about is don't let them do any research or thinking, you know, because they don't have time for that. They are massively understaffed right now and they don't have any time. So they want to be able to do cut and paste journalism. So if you can pull out all the information that they could possibly need and then... I mean, they will have to double check everything to make sure it's correct so that you've got all the links as well. You've not just put that information out there because they will have to double check or their copy editor will have to double check all the stats and information is right. But if they can copy and paste it, they will definitely do that. So don't let them think too much about it. Make sure it's super clear from the, from the top and then get more into the details and, and break it up into different sections and once you get into the kind of fine tuning of the details, then you can put that into the notes section if you want. So that they have all the information they could possibly need if they were going to go ahead. And again, with the follow up call that you're going to make, you're going to ask them if they need any more information that, they can, that you can get for them. So always think about, is there a story? What's the story behind this? What's happening? Is it relevant to the general audience? Is it relevant to the particular buyer persona? And, you know, just have some fun, basically. So that's it for the pitching to journalists. I want to know about what ideas you have to pitch your business this Christmas in 2020. What about you? What's happening? What are you going to do to make it newsworthy? And remember, all ideas are welcome. The great trick is to put everything into the pot, as I was saying earlier, no matter how ridiculous. And then you come back a couple of days or a couple of uh, hours later and do some hard pruning in the cold light of day. But when it comes to the brainstorming process, be as creative and mad as you possibly can. And certainly don't leave it till December. Start planning and pitching now or get everybody in a room, get them to listen to this podcast again and then say, okay, here's your blank piece of paper or here's some tools, here's some fun crayons or things, I want you to come up with the maddest ideas of what we could be doing this Christmas because we want to knock it out the park. All right, don't leave it to Christmas and don't wait till it's perfect either because you can be pitching the journalists right now and they will thank you because you are making their job so much easier. Each campaign and each pitch you do for Christmas will become more mature as you improve every single time. All right, so that's it for today. I'm going to see you next week on the Get Real Online show. Next week, we're going to be talking about understanding your customers with Facebook page insights. What that means is if you're not researching exactly how well or how badly you're doing on Facebook, you're definitely missing a trick on how to improve. So we're going to be doing that same time next week on the Get Real Online with Finn Witchley show. Speak to you soon. Bye. There's another episode coming along next week. Make sure you subscribe to the Get Real Online with Finn Witchley podcast so that you can get notifications of all the episodes coming your way. While you're there, don't forget to leave a quick review. 
I always give people a shout out on each episode so it can help with your marketing and publicity a lot. Your review will also help massively to let other people know where to find the good stuff online. That way, we are all helping each other to build better businesses and local economies for the future and for our children. I'm so pleased we had a chance to spend this small amount of time together. But if you don't want to wait until next week and to make sure you don't miss it, come on over to the Get Real Online with Finwitchley Facebook group to chat with others about this episode. There are even some extra exercises for you to do to make sure you get real and take real action on today's podcast action points. I can't wait to hook up with you again. See you next week. Cheerio bye.